This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutia Man is up next, but first, listen to this other great OPI show. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And uh, back to you. We've discovered that there are some very, very good people in the world, Steve. In fact, somebody that helped me. And somebody that helped me. And also, there have been incidents where people's hair have felt on fire. What's that about? Good people, inventions, where do things come from, all of that we're going to explore on Back to You. You got it. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Pulling my shirt up. What are you showing your breasts? What are you I, pulling I your am, shirt up? But I, I'm showing you my belly because I'm going to be filling it very soon because I'm uh, I'm I'm getting everything ready. I'm going to make 200 pounds of sausage tonight. Uh, and that's not a euphemism, right? You're <laughs> no. actually making 200 <laughs> no, pounds of sausage, right? Yeah, yeah. We uh, we uh, we make it for uh, a local uh, soccer club here, and uh, we every year we do this thing called the Schlachtfest, which is uh, mm-hmm. my dad's club, Green White Soccer Club. And uh, I'm usually the MC of the event, but this year we're doing a virtual uh, Schlachtfest because <laughs> there's uh, no place to. Uh, get the polka band together and yep. do the show and uh we still have to make the sausage because people are going to come to the clubhouse and pick up the sausage and so tonight i'm going in fact as soon as we finish this uh this podcast i'm gonna go do that okay sorry do, do, is there no covid for germans i mean are you is, well we wear COVID masks and we wear gloves and aprons yeah but you're still and wash our hands food. what's that you're still preparing food. I'm People getting kind preparing of foods here all over the country, Dave. Yeah, all right. Uh, I just yeah, this is kind of giving me the willies a little bit. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to. Don't put me down for my usual 25 pounds <laughs> of schlachenfach. Okay. Okay. Fine. I won't. You don't get uh, any. Well, the, well, then we better get going. You're busy, right? I uh, am. You've been up since 10 o'clock this morning, and it's already what four. <laughs> I've got so three hours max left in me. <laughs> you mentioned how sleepy you were. Yeah. Uh, well, all right, let's get going. We've got a huge show. We've got great guests. We've got great audio. Why don't you, th- can you throw the jingle? Ah, well, we just discussed right before the show if you needed any specific jingles, oh. and you said no. And so well, here we go. You're listening to Minutia Men, featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals Rick and Dave. Give them 22 minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. That's right. So, Rick, remember back in the days when my kids were really little, okay? And yeah. why don't you relay to our listeners... What would happen when you would call me, oh and what would God. you hear in the background? Oh like when you would, what when you would call? What would happen? It was kind of like um, Berlin, nineteen forty-five. <laughs> you call, and there would be like air raid sirens going off in the background. Uh, the there was bombs going off. It was a uh, it was the loudest 
loudest house I've ever heard in my life. And if, to the point where it was impossible to conduct a conversation with you because it was so loud. And annoying, right? You were but, annoyed, right? Well, you well, know, you have to repeat yourself all the time. What'd you say? It appears that you Germans and the Japanese have something in common, not just being World War II BFFs. It appears the <laughs> Japanese, they're a little annoyed with loud children, too. Did you hear about this? The Japanese, a Japanese entrepreneur, created a website that actually maps out the neighborhoods. So it's kind of like a Google map. But what he does is he maps them out according to how loud the neighbor is neighborhood is with how many children are around. Oh, my so God. So it's how noisy the neighbor. It's genius, right? Oh. Um, he also, uh, it's called Dorozuku, okay? And what he does is he, they don't have the name of the guy probably because he just doesn't want to get you know, in trouble. But gossiping adults and boisterous children are identified on this map, on the Dorozuku map, which has been a huge success in Japan. You know, when you think about Japan and how polite they are and everything, well, behind closed doors and behind this, the, behind their tele or their uh, computer screens, they don't like noise, and they are just loving this website. There's comment threads about don't go on, uh, you know, Suzuki Street because there's like three kids there that are always screaming. So this is a remarkable website that I think. We could all use here in America, don't you think? Uh, do they have international rights to this concept? Because uh, I, I, I'm smelling money. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess. Well, now, how would you? I'm now. Now that you've piqued my interest, so what would you do? You'd have to canvas the neighborhoods as far as how loud they are, right? Well, really, all you got to do is, uh, you know, talk to people you know and say, hey, which is the loudest house on the block? Everyone knows the hot, loudest house on the block. And you start putting together a grid. Uh, you know, this reminds me of, it's, it's kind of tangential here, but do you remember, I don't remember what website it was, some airline will have a little baby icon if you're picking your seats online, it'll have like a little baby icon as far as if you don't want to sit next to the baby, or the house, the the family with the baby. Uh, now, I wonder if they also have the bald fat guy icon too, right? You know, well, or the tell or the guy with elephantitis. Tell the story about the time you took the kids on an airplane. <laughs> so, so, well, it's uh, so we went to California. We went we went to L.A. Uh, we were visiting my in-laws in Palm Desert, but it was in the middle of winter, and we ended up getting canceled, so we actually had to fly into L.A., and we had to be picked up. But anyway, so my in-laws picked us up at LAX, and they were at the baggage area, right? And when our plane came in, and we it took us like an hour. I don't know if you remember those days from the time that the plane lands to the time that you get to the baggage claim. Yeah. It takes like an hour with little kids, oh right? God, you have to yes. go to the bathroom. You got to get all the, the car seats and all the crap. Uh -huh. So while, while they're waiting for us, my in-laws are waiting for us, they kept on hearing stories about how loud these two kids in the back of the plane was <laughs> that everybody was gossiping around and the oh my god they were terrible those parents didn't have any idea what they were doing blah 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 and of course it was my kids that the entire plane was talking about right <laughs> and, and then on the way home uh we got we sat next to this poor woman from india 
who had been probably traveling for 27 hours or something, right? And she sits right next to my family and she just looked and she gave me the most awful, pathetic look like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And of course, my kids were screaming for the entire time, too. So Now, they don't do this anymore, we should say. No, uh, yeah. no, they're uh, they're pretty good. Actually, when we went to London, Aaron, Aaron actually volunteered to sit because we had like we had four seats and then we had one seat you know how sometimes you can't get five seats together yeah and Aaron's like you know what I'll get the one way over there I'm fine yeah we always fight over that one too I'll take it no I'll take it I'll take it Ah, well that's a nice that's a nice story so in Japan if you need I mean I don't know what I don't know what the app is called it's called Dorozuku uh, so you can tell where the noisy neighbors are hey Dave did you hear about what's going on with uh, Back to You this week yeah i got a a memo that i guess the, there's some fancy technological things going on with that show tell tell everybody well, so what they're gonna do if you if you don't listen back to you is the show that uh, stars howard sudbury and steve baskerville and uh what they're doing is they're splitting howard into one channel and steve into another one this are going to be in stereo because yeah, as they talk over one another you can either turn to the left or turn to the right, um, and you can either hear all Howard or all Steve, which I think is kind of a cool idea. It's a, a so technological if, thing. If, if we did that, it'd be like I'd tell a joke, and then there would be no laughter. Well, I guess there's often no laughter anyway. So if you just hear one person, you hear all the setups, but none of the jokes then, right? Right, right. You know, when I, when I was working in radio, we were once told by a program director, yeah, skip the setup. Just go right to the punchline. And then the penguin said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one time we, uh, the one time John told that, John Landecker told that story, he told it on um, a Brandmeier show. Mm-hmm. And the two of them were on together. We're going on a tangent here, but what the hell. Uh, and they were doing talkovers over the beginning of records, doing only the punchlines. And it was hilarious. <laughs> You want to, Would you like to hear it? Sure. All right. Here we go. Johnny. Brandmeier. I had a general manager tell me just to say the punchlines. <laughs> All right. What are <laughs> no, you so talking about? serious. Okay. Now, uh, you know, why didn't you just say the, 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 the punchlines? Well, how does that work? I don't know. I mean, he just wanted me to eliminate everything except play music. Okay. So, you know, you, that was an okay bit, but, you know, you don't need the stuff in front. Just go right <laughs> to the end and say the punchline. How? Oh, okay. That could be genius. That so could be. So, basically. <laughs> could not be. All right. Let's see how that works. Hold on a second. That, that doesn't hey make to get to the other side. <laughs> there you go. You and who's army? A WLS. Yeah. That works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> All right, I got a story for you, Dave. Yeah. This uh, is a story uh, from a jolly old England. It's a uh, about the movie Grease. On Boxing Day, they viewed the film uh, on BBC One, or they showed it, and apparently Greece sparked outrage online with many Twitter users calling the film outdated. Here's an example. Greece is on. It really has a terrible message, doesn't it? One user said. Now, the film is a lighthearted musical centering around a high school love affair between Sandy, played by Olivia Newton-John, and Danny, played by John Travolta. But critics on Twitter complained about lyrics like uh, in the song Summer Nights, the guy saying, did she put up a fight? 
you know, when they're talking mm, yeah, about hooking sure. up and stuff like that. Grease Lightning. There's a, a part in there where they go uh, and where they're singing about a car and they say with new boosters, plates and shocks, I can get off my rocks. You know, I ain't bragging. She's a real pussy wagon. Right. So, yeah. It, so it is a little uh, it's a little out there. Right. And they're talking sure. about let's let's remind people they're talking about high school girls. Right. I mean, this yeah. is a high school thing. Now, granted, all the actors in that movie are like 35. <laughs> They're supposed to be playing high school kids. <laughs> but but the point is true. It, it kind of is true. And I, I'm torn on the complaints uh, because I'm not in the, you know, burn books or, you know, ban movies or, or cancel culture. You're not a cancel culture. guy. I, I'm really not. Uh, and, I, and I like the idea of keeping them uh, unaltered because it's authentic to the time. Mm-hmm. But I, this is probably going to surprise you. But I am actually, I, I, I'm on the side of the people that are complaining about it because you know, what's acceptable in our society changes over time, especially in comedy. At one time, you know, blackface was the most popular form of comedy in America, and I'm not mm-hmm. making that up. That was true. Al Jolson's yep. entire career, Al Jolson, the great Al Jolson, was made by doing blackface. Well, have you ever watched the old cartoons, like the Daffy Duck cartoons? Oh, my God. They're very, and and, uh, Disney cartoons with the anti-Semitic tropes of the, you know, the money lenders. And yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, the the magpies in uh, Dumbo Mm -hmm. are like, you know, uh, uh, they're they're like swing low, sweet chariot. You know, they're like (laughs) pretty, pretty bad. You know, actually, I've been running into this quite a bit because I. I show uh, a lot of the comedies that we were growing up with to my kids. And, you know, those are movies that we love. Like, I showed them Blazing Saddles, and they were really, really uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, and and like you say, for us it was just business as usual. You know, Andy Griffith had absolutely no... There was only one African American on an Andy Griffith show, right? And he w- and he was in line with Gomer. I don't know why I know this, but he was in line with Gomer for the Marines. I think they were enlisting in the Marines or whatever. And I think the only line he said, I mean, it was just a really I can't I don't I don't really remember the exact words, but it was something like, uh, you know, he really thick over the top, you know, African American, you know, vernacular, right? And uh, yeah, and and for us growing up in that area era, and what is also weird is how that was acceptable. Yet Laura and Rob Petrie had to sleep in separate beds. <laughs> I, I know, right? I know. And by the time that we started going to these movies uh, in the, in the seventies, you know, the, the whole teen sex comedy thing. Uh, if you really think about what happened in those movies, like in Porky's. They yeah. cut a hole in the girl's shower to peep on them and then yeah. expose themselves through the hole, right? Yeah. In yeah. Revenge of uh, the Nerds, they put a camera in the girl's shower, took pictures, and pasted and sold it. it as p- the pie tins, right? Yes. Isn't that what it was? Yes. Yeah. In Diner, one guy bet that he could get a girl to touch his penis, put it in a popcorn box at the right. movies, and waited her for to r- roam around in it, you know? In Animal you- House... The devil on Pinto's shoulder telling him what to do to that passed out girl. 
He was talking about a 13-year-old girl. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you remember when we reached out to the guy from Porky's, the guy who played meat? We were, I, can't, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember his name. And he said we were too disrespectful for him to get to appear on our show. Right. Meat from Porky's thought we were too disrespectful. Yeah, uh, I know. To, American Pie, they spied on a naked girl with a webcam. I mean, yeah, like a comedy, yes. Crimes also, yes. These are crimes. <laughs> you yeah, know I, yeah. And I don't have a problem with edgy comedy. I recognize they were super serving the horny teenager demo when we were teens. Uh, but may, maybe teenage girls shouldn't be the object. Uh, you know, they shouldn't be pieces of meat. Uh, you know, I don't even have girls, but, uh, you know, I have sons. I want them to treat girls with respect, even in the pursuit of comedy. Uh, yeah. And every you know slasher movie that we saw was basically you know the woman the the, the girl would always get killed and they would they would always be completely virtually undressed all the time right uh and there would right. always be some gratuitous sex i agree with you yeah like, well it's look totally at, look possible at, look at us to avoid it's totally impossible to avoid that teen sex stuff and still be funny make fun of married sex for instance that's a lot funnier <laughs> The movies would be a lot shorter. Yeah, and it happens exactly as often in real life as the nerdy guy scoring a hot babe in high school. <laughs> it's perfect. All right. So anyway, that's my little tirade there. Uh, you know, I know that. Yeah, uh, that was. Yeah. Look at you. You're. Yeah. What's happened to you? <laughs> it's. It's been bugging me because I've been showing these movies to my kids, and every time I watch, I'm like, oh, th- what? I can't be showing this to my kids, and even though they're in their twenties now. It's just not right. And that Animal House thing, that really got to me because I don't even remember that. I didn't even remember that they were 13. I guess, you know, when I was 15, when I watched it, 13 was no big deal. Yeah, it was in the ballpark. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It was in the ballpark. (sighs) All right. There's all our goodwill out the window. I think we need a break. We need to cleanse because I don't think we've ever had a poignant moment like this in 275 episodes. Well, before we break, let's do this. Okay. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. So this will be a good palate cleanser, Dave. Uh, This week in 2001, uh, so we're going back now 20 years, uh, uh, the movie, the Tigger movie came out. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, interviewed my son, who at that time was four years old, about what he thought of the movie. Here we go. This is Rick Kempfer here with associate movie critic Tommy Kempfer. Tommy, what movie did we just see? The Tigger movie. Tell me some of the names of the songs from that movie. How to be a Tigger. What else? The Tigger song and the whoopsie doopsie bounce. So I can guess that your favorite character was probably... Pooh. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be Tigger. That was Pooh. Oh, okay. If you had to give it a rating, number of stars, would you give it one, two, three, or four stars? Four. Is it better than Gone with the Wind? Yeah. Why did Tigger look in the toilet? I don't know. He was looking for Pooh. He was looking for Pooh. You get it? Uh-huh. <laughs> this has been Tommy Kemper reporting for Ollie 104.3. Ta-ta for now. That's our interview with Tommy Kempfer. Um, we are just playing with the emotions of our listeners. We go, right? We're talking about child rape, and then all of a sudden we go right to the Tigger movie. And I loved how Tommy there, 
when you had to explain the joke, he's like, yeah, whatever. And he just, he, he didn't think you were funny when he was four. He is now 20, he's going to be 26 this year. Uh, okay. Well, we got a lot more show, believe it or not. And and I think we'll try to do some funny stuff on the other side. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm still like stunned that we went into that uh, that that direction that I don't I don't like looking at myself in that way. You know, yeah, we need to do a stupid story. Do a break quick and let's do a stupid story. Okay, we've got one. At least one and maybe even two. All that is coming up right after this. But first, find out who's on the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview right now. On this week's Minutia Men Celebrity interview. Rick, we talked to a Chicago actor who's been around the block. He's been in the business for 50 years. He's appeared with luminaries like Joe Montana, William Macy. He studied with the Pivens. My God, it's Adam Bitterman. What a career. Now listen to the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we look back at some great and not-so-great automotive ad campaigns. Plus, a Lancer gets skewered. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Lou Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. On And Friends, we give you more pushing for the cushion and the most sexual episode yet. And Friends, episode 69. 69. We are talking about absolutely nothing, save nothing, but the horizontal hokey pokey. That's right. Just like slapping two planks together, we're going to be caressing your ears with sexual serenades you haven't heard. That's what she said. Listen to And Friends on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And we're back. Dave, you got some more minutia for us? Yeah, when you were a kid, did your mom uh, make tongue? Was that a yeah? Was, was tongue a, yep. tongue yep. a dish? Yep. Because my mom would make it. My dad loved tongue. Yeah. Um, and so this is a story for us, our foodies out there. I need for you to whip out your Scottish brogue. Can you do that? Bloody Scots! They've ruined Scotland. <laughs> How's that? What was that from? What, what, what that's movie did you uh, that's, uh, Was that that's from Porky? Groundskeeper that Willie. Porky? <laughs> Wait, what was it? Groundskeeper Willie from The Simpsons. <laughs> okay. So that is, that's your go-to Scottish guy when yeah. you have to do the pro- brogue? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, all right, here's a story out of Scotland. Woman bites off man's tongue during street brawl, and a seagull swoops down and eats it. <laughs> a Scottish man was left stunned. Do your stunned. Do your uh, Scottish stunned. <laughs> I just did. Just say you just ate my tongue, or you just bit my tongue off in Scot in in Scottish. Okay, how about this? <clears throat> you better be bucking backing off there, lad. Now I'll jump you your bonny face and bite off your bloody tongue. <laughs> okay, that was good. Scottish man was left stunned after a woman bit off his tongue during a street brawl, only to watch a seagull swoop down and eat it. James McKenzie and Bethany Ryan were involved in a wild street fight when she leant in to she she leaned in to kiss him so the way this is written they're fighting and then she leans in to kiss him and of course james is like okay fine i'll let you kiss me right and as she was leaning in she there they was she was getting bite some off, tongue bite and off then his bloody tongue it. 
Right. So she bit it and then spit it out uh, on the ground. And then a seagull, who may have been like watching the brawl, I don't know, saw the tongue, swoops in, and he flies away. Right. Wow. Uh, and James, James McKenzie can't really talk very good anymore because he only has, I don't know, six sevenths of a tongue or three eighths of a tongue. I don't know. Wow. But that's. And now that we're talking about sausage, yeah. <laughs> is there going to be yeah. any tongue in the schlockenbrocken sausage? I, I don't know, but I have learned that uh, never mess with a Scottish gal. Holy mackerel. First of all, she's involved in a street fight, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> you just casually passed by that. Yeah, uh, they were they were both involved in a street fight. A street fight? How many girls are involved in street fights? Well, in Ireland, they have them quite a bit there, too, when yeah. they get a little hammered done. I think it's an alcohol thing, probably, right? Uh, could be. I, could be. Yeah. As, like as a teetotaler, ale. I don't understand that stuff very well. Uh, all right. Well, I've got uh, I've got another feature that we can share with the folks. Would you like to hear it? Sure. Okay. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where we reach our hand into the jar, pull out a name of a celebrity, and tell the story of having met that celebrity. Um, and today, uh, Dave, I want to tell you the story of Wayne Mesmer. Would you like to hear it? Sure. Now, Wayne Mesmer is somebody that is famous in Chicago. Uh, this story goes back to the 1990s. Not, not sure exactly what year, but at the time he was the man who sang the national anthem for the Blackhawks. Remember, he he did that for years. In fact, he was the one that got that whole thing started where people started cheering in the middle of it, which is kind of like right. the Blackhawk thing now. He yeah, didn't, also, he get ni- didn't he get knifed? He got shot. Yeah, shot. Right? He got shot in the throat outside of the Chicago Stadium one night. And then, and so people thought that he wasn't ever going to be able to sing again. But he did manage to come back. And he did it for the Cubs for many years after he recovered. And he was the PI, PA guy, you know, the public address announcer. Mm-hmm. And he used to crack me up because he would walk onto the field holding a microphone. And he'd say, and now please join public address announcer Wayne Mesmer <laughs> as he sings the national anthem. Which, you know, he's introducing himself. Well, at the time that this story takes place, he was working for the Chicago Wolves, and they are the minor league hockey team that's in Chicago. And he uh, had bought a paid ad to appear on John Landecker's show because they knew each other, and they thought John was creative, and John assigned the uh, task to me to come up with some way to uh, incorporate Wayne and the Chicago Wolves into a script and bring Wayne into the studio. And we got to remember, in order to understand this bit, uh, the Blackhawks were terrible at this time. They had traded away all their stars. They had traded away Chris Chelios and Ed Belfour and Jeremy Roenick. All these guys are in the Hall of Fame, in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and the Blackhawks just traded them away. But Chicago was still a hockey town. And so this is the uh, bit that I came up with. I'm going to play it for you right now. You ready, Dave? Yeah. All right. I just found this audio. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Attention all advertisers. Here's this, the is of, this is out of the think tank, the morning think tank. This is, this is the way we showcase your product in a totally unique and different manner that no other station in town can provide. 
This is coming to you free of charge. I mean, this is a beautiful thing. All right. right Wayne is known singing the national anthem. Thank you, John. All right. And now, come over to this mic, Wayne. All right. Written by Rick the German Boy Camper, producer of the John Landecker program, here is Wayne Messmer and some new lyrics to the national anthem. Wayne? I was waiting. No orchestra, right? But reverb. (laughs) Come on, you can do it. Oh, yes, you can see the Chicago Wolves play. Just pick up your home phone, order your tickets today. If you like ice hockey, action from end to end. A slap shot from the point, bring along your best friend. Winning face-offs with flair. A high stick in the air, an occasional fight, there's a penalty there. The Wolves are the Chicago team that didn't trade Ronick. <laughs> 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 I love it. That's, I'm telling you. Come out to the horizon. You may see a hat trick. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that uh, that must have been very, you know, that's a very, first of all, a very hard song to sing, but probably not an easy song to write with <laughs> no. the lyrics there. About the, hockey. The melody. To, <laughs> yeah, about hockey as well. Right. Yeah. Good job, Rick. Oh, thank you. All right. So let's talk about our guest coming up uh, this week on uh, Minutia Men Celebrity Interview because uh, we've got we've got a good one. Moody Blues, one of my favorite bands. Uh, yeah. And you just told me today that they started in 1964. Yeah. Was that when that originally with Denny Lane? Now, we're not talking to Denny Lane. We're talking to Alan Hewitt. Uh, right. And he's has a new venture out. Why don't you tell a little bit about the new venture? You're you're the musical guy. Well, uh, what, we're going to talk to him about the Moody Blues. Uh, we're going to talk to him about uh, Warrant. He was in mm-hmm. Warrant for an album. He was in, uh, you know, he was one of the producers of Earth, Wind, and Fire. The guy has an unbelievable range, and right now he's in a jazz fusion sort of band. And, don't talk uh, to him about polkas. Don't <laughs> talk to him about polkas. Well, you know what? That's funny you mentioned that. Let's uh, let's play a little clip here. Uh, from the show. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Is there any kind of music that you don't like? Uh, yeah. Polka. Okay. <laughs> Do you know how many people of Polish descent right now that you have offended here in Chicago? Well, matter of fact, have you ever heard of Captain Streeter? Yeah. He's my great, 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 great uncle. You're kidding. Really? When I was living in Chicago, we would record at Streeterville, and my aunt told me the story. They weren't particularly proud of him, you know? He was kind of like a rascal. Old total rascal and he was running numbers or something there yeah, right. and then his girlfriend was I think doing prostitution so, so between the two of them and, and then they had all their friends they invited all their friends in the houseboats and later on there was a big lawsuit on that side of the family it's the McGilvery yeah just for people that don't know the story he was like a tax scofflaw he claimed that he lived in his own country which was off the shore of Chicago so right, that he didn't have right. to pay any taxes yeah. and now that whole neighborhood is named after him Streeterville which is where the John Hancock building is in that 
neighborhood right there. Is there a statue? I believe there is. <laughs> that is that is classic. Yeah, we're going to claim you as our own now. Yeah, you should. Okay, if you'd like to hear the entire interview, and it was fun. We had a good time with him. And lots of Chicago talk. You should uh, check it out. Uh, go to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Tell a friend to listen to us on Spotify. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tony Lasana with Opie Shows. Uh, Opie is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H, shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Man. This Opie podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, Adam's going to explain a British saying. What does Hobson's Choice even mean? There's only one way to find out. You listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. This is Stick to Everything with Larry and Paul M. Banks. In this episode, we reflect on a very important anniversary here in Chicago and in the world of sports. And I look back on my one-year anniversary of meeting Tiffany Amber Thiessen and discuss why I hate my birthday month so much. That will be interesting, and so will be my reflection on 90s music and the joy of trying to be an assist man. All of that on this episode of Stick to Everything, so tune in. Listen to Stick to Everything podcast with Larry Hawley and Paul M. Banks on Spotify, opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts just search for Radio Misfits